0: Have you ever said this before, maybe after watching a news report? What is the world coming to? That's a big question. And you know, the Bible answers that question emphatically, and it's tied to a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had back in Babylon of a multi-metallic image. Daniel will give him the interpretation, and this is a key to understanding world history and where the world is going, and it's today on Walk in Truth.
1: You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get to today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. For your gift of any size, we would like to give you the free DVD, Dark Dangers of the Occult. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
0: Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of this uh, interaction with Daniel, is going to want to bow before Daniel. And that's sometimes what people want to do. They, they take the vessel and they think, oh, the vessel must, must be the source. No, the vessel is just a vessel. Daniel's saying, look, the only reason that I got an interpretation and I know your dream and I know what it means is because there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And you got to love the boldness and the faithfulness of Daniel. He would take no credit for the interpretation. And I'll just say, and I think it goes without saying, but I think it's important to say, that when you are used by God, you become a vessel to lead someone to Christ. You become someone who's impacting other people's lives to whatever degree, whatever measure. We make sure all the glory goes to God. Amen? Amen. We are simply a tool or a vessel for God. Now we can follow people as they follow Christ, no doubt. We want to follow good leadership and all of that, but we make sure we know the source of the blessing and the power is God. He says, it's not in me. God is the revealer of mysteries. Look at verse 31. You, O king, were looking and behold, there was a single statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you. And its appearance was awesome. Now, Nebuchadnezzar has to be, all right, let's get through with the pleasant pleasantries. Come on, <laughs> tell me the dream. Right? Oh, there's a God in heaven. It's not on me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. There was a statue. Now, if you take a look up at the screen, Nebuchadnezzar saw this incredible statue of extraordinary splendor. This is a depiction of what it may have looked like. It was Large. It was enormous in size. You can see the, the mountains in the backdrop. And it had these different materials. I think it's five different uh, metals within the statue. And if you had a dream like this, and let's just say that in your dream, all of a sudden, this huge statue just it goes up before you and you're staring at it and there's splendor and light reflecting off it and you're studying it and you're like, what does this mean? And you see gold and silver and bronze and all of this. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was doing. He was wondering and it was an enormous statue. It had extraordinary splendor and the ESV, if you have that version, says it was frightening. It was unsettling to Nebuchadnezzar. It, It freaked him out. And so Daniel continues. He says, he says, You looked, O king, and there, NIV, before you stood a large statue, enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. Now Nebuchadnezzar has to be impressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a keeper. (laughs) Today, not everybody's going to die in my kingdom. Because Daniel has showed up. Daniel's got game. His God, oh, he appears to be a revealer of mysteries. Uh, Scholars have pointed out that the image with the different metals, often called a multi-metallic image, the metals are listed in descending order of value. Gold is the most precious of metals. The head is of gold. It's unique and it's a united whole. But then there's, as it goes down, there seems to be some division or parsing. Silver is less precious. Then you have bronze, less precious than silver. Then iron is the basis of these metals. And then the least glorious of all is the iron mixed with clay. These kingdoms, as you go from the head to the toe, seem to be trading magnificence for strength. They deteriorate to the point that clay is finally mixed with iron. You could say in some ways, the image is top heavy in value. From gold all the way down to the, the iron mixed with clay. It loses value. You continued looking, Daniel speaking to the king, until a stone was cut without hands, or but not by human hands, NIV, that is not by human power, And it, this stone that was cut out without human hands, seems to be supernatural, not of man. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. So here you are studying this image. If we can go to the next slide. You're pondering the metals. You're pondering the grandeur. And all of a sudden, this stone is cut out, but there's no human hands behind the stones. And the stone rifles toward the statue and hits it in the feet. And down goes the statue. Almost like a boxer would call, down goes Frasia, Down goes, you know, here is Nebuchadnezzar kind of just trying to analyze the statue. And then he sees this, this stone uh, cut without hands and it struck the statue on its feet of iron mixed with clay and crushed them. And the statue, which is so frightening, so awesome, so enormous, so dazzling, goes down in a heap and is turned into powder. Now we know why Nebuchadnezzar couldn't get over this dream. Now we know why he had to call his spiritual advisors in the middle of the night. This, this was uh, something that he would never forget. And when you think of people in the ancient world and they had something like this happen in a dream and it was very graphic and unforgettable. You start thinking, is this an omen? This, this is what Nebuchadnezzar would start thinking. He, he, would, he would be saying to himself, here I was thinking about the future of my kingdom and all of a sudden I had this dream And I'm this great new king and I have an incredible kingdom and things are looking good and maybe the statue has something to do with me. But then this rock comes from out of nowhere, seemingly, and smashes everything. Am I the statue? Is that my kingdom? Is it going to be smashed to smithereens? I mean, imagine all the angles that you could take. That's why he's desperate for an interpretation. He wants to know, how will this affect me? Let's face it. You know, when, when you start breaking down some things about, you know, the future, and, and especially if you don't have the Lord in your life, you, you start thinking about things like this. You know, people will pay big bucks to so-called spiritual advisors to try to find out about the future. They want to know, is there an 800 number I can call? You know, is there someone who can tell me who I'm going to meet later on? Will he, will he be tall? Will, be, will he be handsome? You know, some years ago, uh, Dionne Warwick, you know, she was involved in the hotline. You know, you could call these people and they were, they were supposed to be able to give you the future. And, you know, somebody jokingly said about Dionne Warwick, the only problem with her involved in this is that she doesn't even know the way to San Jose. So, you know, how could you trust her in those commercials? Do you remember the song? Do you know the way to... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we're all sorry I put that into your brain. <laughs> yeah, la, 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 la. Anyway, let's turn to the book of Luke. Luke twenty-one, Jesus gave what's called the Olivet Discourse, and in that sermon, Luke twenty-one, he does refer, uh, I think specifically in Matthew's version of it. I'm I'm not sure in Luke's, but to Daniel the prophet, and he. Makes reference um, to the end times and the you could say the latter days. This is Daniel. Uh, excuse me, Luke twenty-one, verse twenty. And Jesus says, "This is what's coming." When you see Luke twenty-one twenty, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then recognize that her desolation is at hand. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Luke twenty-one twenty-one. Let those who are in the midst of the city depart. Let not those who are in the country enter the city. Because these are days of vengeance. In order that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Woe to those who are with child and those who nurse babes in those days. Jesus predicting the future. He says in those days. For there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. You could say in one sense what Daniel is interpreting is the future of Gentile nations as it relates directly to Israel. Each of these nations, as we move down the statue, will intersect with Israel and have an impact on Israel in differing degrees. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars, 25, and upon the earth dismay among nations in perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves. Men fainting from fear... And the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now we know that when the Lord is revealed in what's called the Day of the Lord. If you think about, if we can go back to um, the picture of the stone coming down for a moment. You think about the fact that Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the stone that the builders rejected. He has become the chief cornerstone. No other funda- foundation can be laid except that which is laid, with, which is Jesus Christ. He is the rock. When the day of the Lord comes, it, se- it, it uh, depicts this idea that Jesus will come, the rock will come, and he will rescue his people. He will save them or snatch them up. We, we have the resurrection and the rapture. And then the day of the Lord judgment will come and it will destroy the world. He will destroy all of those who are enemies of the gospel. He will grind them to powder. He will, you, he will either become a stepping stone in your life to salvation or you will be snatched.
1: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, what do you know about the occult?
2: In the month of October, the number one theme is Halloween. Houses are decorated, and kids drag their parents to the store to get the costume they want to wear for their holiday's trick-or-treat night. There are those that take the holiday on a darker path. What do you know about the occult? People are often fascinated with it, but it is far from innocent. It is dangerous. God warned his people in the Bible to understand what it is and have nothing to do with it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is a DVD available to you this month by Pastor Michael Lance. The video includes teachings and interviews that will help expose the occult for what it is and shine the light of Christ's power over it. Dark Dangers of the Occult is available as a thank you when you give a donation of any size in support of Walk in Truth. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH.
1: Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth.
0: You will either become a stepping stone in your life to salvation, or you will be smashed under him. There's no middle ground when it comes to Jesus. And so this reference to this stone, uh, probably a direct reference to Jesus and the judgment that is coming. And it's coming on a uh, Christ-rejecting world. You may remember, as we studied the book of Revelation not so long ago, that Babylon is mentioned in Revelation 17 and 18. And some people believe that, you know, maybe something's going to happen in Iraq. But there are many who believe that Babylon becomes a prototype of the unbelieving, idolatrous world who rejects God. And you take Babylon all the way back from Genesis 10 with Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, and you can trace it all the way through the Bible. And there are many scholars that believe that when you have the idea of Babylon, and remember, the head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. You have what is a prototype of the unbelieving world rejecting God, uh, worshiping idols, not receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so Jesus says, "The Son of Man, the Rock, if you will, is going to come." And uh, He says, "When these things begin to take place," Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, "straighten up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near." And then he told them a parable. He said, "Behold the fig trees and all the trees. This is simply a picture or type or metaphor. Uh, don't get caught too caught up on the fig tree being Israel here. I'm not sure that's the best interpretation because Jesus says in Luke 21, "Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they put forth leaves, you see, You see it and know for yourselves that summer is now near. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, he spoke about Jerusalem surrounded by armies and so forth, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation that sees the things mentioned in the sermon will not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. Be on guard that your hearts may na- not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that, and that day or the day of the Lord come on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of the, all the earth. But keep on the alert, praying in order that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and stand before the sun. Let's turn back to the book of Daniel. So as Daniel is before King Nebuchadnezzar, he describes this stone made without hands and it strikes, it struck the statue and the statue was, of course, obliterated. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Many scriptures I could give you, but I think you get the idea. He says in verse 35, chapter 2 of Daniel, then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold, all the metals that made up the statue were crushed all at the same time. So when the statue went down, it wasn't in parts or parceled. It was obliterated simultaneously. It became like chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, the stone strikes the statue and it becomes great. Now, this is where some of our brethren in the Reformed camp believe that the stone or the rock is the church. And they, they seem to zero in on this word became. It became a great mountain that filled the whole earth. So the idea here is is our reformed brethren, some that believe that the church is going to be the major change agent in the world. And we would not argue that the church has had a huge impact in the world. Amen. We we would agree that uh, from the founding of the church, you know, Jesus said the gates of Hades will not prevail against my church. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. And the church has had a great impact. You could say that the church has grown exponentially, right? I mean, we, we would say that the major world religion still today, although Islam is close, is Christianity in all its various forms and expressions. We won't get into who's a legitimate, genuine Christian. We'll just talk about the basic numbers. The church has had a great impact in the world. And so the idea here is that, well, maybe this, this uh, rock this, that strikes the statue becoming a great mountain and filling the earth, The whole earth is the church, but the church has not filled the whole earth with the message. And I don't think it's the church's role to demolish the pagan nations and destroy Gentiles who are supposed to lead people to Christ. But someone might argue, well, maybe this has the concept of obliterating false religion by the truth of the gospel. Okay, that's a legitimate interpretation. Zechariah 14.9 says, The Lord will be king over all the earth, in that day, the Lord will be the only one in his name, the only one. It does say that he will set his feet upon the Mount of Olives. And we are given images in other scriptures where there's a large mountain. For example, uh, look at this one because this is very relevant. A few pages back is Isaiah 2. So go back a little bit in your Bible. Go to Isaiah 2 and look at... Um, Isaiah 2, beginning in verse 2. Isaiah 2, verse 2. There are many scriptures that we see in our Bible that talk about the millennial reign of Christ or the golden age. And this is one of them. It says in Isaiah 2, verse 2, It will come about in the last days. It will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established, Isaiah 2, 2, as the chief of the mountains, And will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. So you could see this idea of the mountain of the house of the Lord, its chief. It's raised up above everything, and all the nations stream to it. Many peoples, verse three, will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And so let's go back to the book of Daniel. You can see this image of the mountain of the Lord. So I think that most in the, what we would call the premillennial camp, we believe that there's a future reign of Jesus Christ, that that's going to usher in these prophecies, is really having to do with the return of Jesus Although we know the Lord is using the church, of course, in a mighty way. And so we go back to Daniel 2. Look at verse 36. This was the dream. Now we shall tell its interpretation before the king. Now, the dream has been shared. Nebuchadnezzar is like, yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. What does it mean? What does it mean? Now, if you're Daniel, you're in a very powerful position in the moment. Wouldn't you ask for extra money or a new pair of Nikes or something, right? The king really wants to know, what does it mean? You nailed it. That's my dream. What does it mean? Here's the interpretation. You, O king, Daniel 2.37, are the king of kings. He's called that. Nebuchadnezzar is in Ezekiel 26.7. He is not the king of kings. There's only one of those. But he is the major king. Force in the world at that time. He's been dominant. You're the King of Kings to whom the God of heaven has given, he's, remember, he is sovereign. That's one of the major themes of Daniel. He's sovereign. He has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. You, King, You're the king of kings. Now Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, that's right. Tell me a little bit more. Yeah, I am the king. That's right. Somebody give me a bagel right now. I I am the king, right? Strength, yes. Nebuchadnezzar, but remember, God has given it to you. He's given the kingdom to you. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, for who regards you as superior and what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, Why do you boast as if you had not received it? Now, we'd like to think that Nebuchadnezzar heard the message, but later he's going to be out on his balcony. He's going to be saying, this is the great Babylon that I have built. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a bad man. Right? And we know what's going to happen to Nebuchadnezzar. So just because he heard the message doesn't mean he learned the lesson, like a lot of us. The God of heaven has given this to you. Uh, Babylon represented by Nebuchadnezzar, existed from 636 B.C. to 539 B.C. and then was taken over by the Medes and the Persians. Let me say that one more time. 636 to 539. Mathematicians, that's less than 100 years. Things that look so powerful. Look at the majesty of that kingdom. Look at the power of that person. yeah. You know what they get? They get a date when they're born and a date when they die and a dash in between and that's what they get. And then their grandeur blows away with the dust. But maybe they'll make a statue to me in this town. Yeah, but then the statue corrupts and then people show up at the stadium and say, who's that guy in the statue? And nobody knows because it's 100 years later. Not even grandpa can tell you about that player. Oh, he was the great Ernie Banks and he had this many home runs and this many... Not even grandpa can tell the story because grandpa's gone too because his dash is over. (laughs) See, things are temporal. Temporal. And wherever the sons of men dwell, 38, or the beasts of the field or the birds of the sky, we can think of Genesis 126, when God gave Adam dominion, He gave Eve dominion. He has given them into your hand. Notice Daniel's focus is the Lord and has caused you to rule over them all. You, king, are the head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar might be thinking, I knew it! I knew I was the gold! Yeah! Yeah! Now, in the next chapter, Nebuchadnezzar is going to take this dream very literally because he's going to make a 90 foot colossal statue and tell people to bow down to it. I think he misinterpreted uh, what Daniel was trying to let him know. He keeps trying to say, it's God, it's God, it's God. You see, you're the head of gold. Now, when you're the head, everything kind of flows down from you, right? Headship. I'm the head of gold. Maybe Daniel could have added, don't let the power go to your head, King. Hey, listening family, it's Pastor Michael. I want to tell you another exciting thing about walkintruth.com. It's the store that's there. There's some great products up there on some intriguing subjects available in CD and DVD format. When you purchase one of those products, you actually support the radio ministry and help us reach out to more people like you. It's walkintruth.com. Click on the store, check it out, get a product, and you'll be partnering with us in the gospel ministry. We appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.